Hey there, it's Zach from the Very Heart of the Podcast, presented by Bariatric Fusion. And today we're joined by our favorite guest, Megan Kaczynski, the staff dietitian at Bariatric Fusion. Welcome, Megan. Hi, I'm glad to be back again. Well, we're glad to have you back. And on that note, what are we getting into today? Well, by now you know that bariatric patients are at high risk of vitamin and mineral deficiencies after surgery. So that being said, vitamin A is one of those vitamins. So I want to talk about the role of vitamin A after weight loss surgery, why it's important, the different forms, things like that. Awesome. I guess we should just get right to the very heart of it. What vitamin A does and why it's important. Okay. So... Vitamin A is considered a fat-soluble vitamin. This is included in the other vitamins D, E, and K. They fall into this category as well. So fat-soluble vitamins are stored in the liver and fatty tissue for later use. They require dietary fat for absorption as well. Vitamin A actually plays a role in immune function, vision, reproduction, bone growth, and tooth development. And it also helps to maintain the normal function and maintenance of your organs. So are there different types of vitamin A out there? Yeah. So different forms can be found in food sources and supplements. You might have heard of retinol and retinoic acids. They're found primarily in dairy products, fish, and liver. And then I know a lot of people have heard of beta carotene. That's another form. It's actually considered an antioxidant and it's found in fruits and vegetables that are that orange or dark green color. Both of these forms can also be found in supplements, but generally bariatric recommendations are made referring to retinol sources because retinol is highly absorbed and it actually takes about twice the amount of beta carotene to meet the body's vitamin A requirements when compared to retinol. Let me ask you this, Megan. With many vitamins and minerals, there are signs of deficiencies. So what are the signs and symptoms of vitamin A deficiency? Yeah, that's a great question. Vitamin A is actually an uncommon deficiency in the general population, and it's more common in developing countries. However, vitamin A is typically absorbed in the first portion of your small intestine, And it also requires the consumption of dietary fat to be adequately absorbed by the body. So for the bariatric population, depending on the procedure performed, there is a higher risk for deficiency. So some of those common signs and symptoms of deficiency could be anything from acne, fatigue, growth impairment, something called hyperkeratinosis, which is thickening of the skin. Night blindness is a common deficiency symptom, and then immune impairment. So you should be getting routine blood work done as a bariatric patient in order to check those vitamin and mineral levels. It's also important to look out for any of these signs of deficiency and make sure you reach out to your healthcare provider if you have concerns. So we all know that the different types of surgeries have different types of risks and deficiencies. My question, I guess, would be is if Someone had like a more restrictive malabsorptive procedure like the DS procedure, would they be at a higher risk for vitamin A deficiency? Yes. So vitamin A supplementation is recommended for all bariatric procedures, but the American Society for Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery, ASMBS for short, 
they have nutritional guidelines that state that within four years post-op, they found that vitamin A deficiency occurs in up to 70% of patients that have had gastric bypass and duodenal switch surgeries. So those more malabsorptive surgeries. Because of the high malabsorption in things like duodenal switch, it results in dietary fat malabsorption. And like I said, that vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin that requires dietary fat in order to be properly absorbed. And in turn, vitamin A becomes a very high risk of deficiency. It's also been studied that there's a higher prevalence rate of certain nutrient deficiencies among individuals with obesity considered for bariatric surgery. So vitamin A is one of those nutrients that has about 14% deficiency rate in the obese population. Okay, so I think everyone hears that you have to take the supplementation regardless of surgery, but like, what are the guidelines? Great question. So the ASMBS guidelines that I just mentioned recommends vitamin A supplementation based on each procedure. So to put into perspective the numbers I'm going to throw at you, the recommended dietary allowance or RDA for the average individual is 700 to 900 micrograms per day based on gender. And that's for the average individual general population. So keeping that in mind, now the ASMBS recommendations for someone with gastric band is 1,500 micrograms a day of retinol or 5,000 IUs. Recommendations for gastric bypass and sleeve gastrectomy are 1,500 micrograms a day up to 3,000 micrograms a day of retinol. That's also 5,000 to 10,000 IU if you convert it. And then for those duodenal switch patients, the recommendation is 3,000 micrograms a day of retinol, which can also be converted to 10,000 IUs. So keep in mind, recommendations vary for individuals who have a history of vitamin A deficiency. And also, if you are pregnant or planning to become pregnant post-bariatric surgery, it's extremely important to reach out to your bariatric team on the supplements you're taking because high levels of vitamin A in most bariatric supplements can pose a health concern for pregnant women. So some vitamin levels may have to be adjusted. And I think supplementation can be a little confusing at times. And I've even heard of things called like dry fat soluble vitamins. Can you just provide a little context around that so that we don't confuse folks? Yeah, so this can be pretty confusing. Like I said before, there are fat-soluble vitamins, but there's also water-soluble vitamins. So water-soluble require regular replacement in the body because you generally excrete what you don't need at the time. For example, this would be B vitamins and vitamin C. Then there's the fat-soluble vitamins that are stored in the liver and fatty tissue for later use. So it's more common to reach toxic levels if you take more than recommended because they are eliminated slowly over time from the body. So that would be those vitamins A, D, E, and K. Like I said earlier, vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin. So there are fat-soluble vitamins available in the water-soluble form. For those with severe absorption issues when it comes to a fat-based supplement, which would mean like an oil-based supplement. 
So this product can be found under different names, but they all refer to the same thing. So like you said, dry vitamin A, or it can also be called water miscible vitamin A or water soluble vitamin A. So the question is, is this required after bariatric surgery? Not necessarily. Everyone has their own individual needs. Some people may require higher needs than the next person that had the exact same procedure done. So that being said, before you go purchasing any fancy vitamin supplement, please consult with your qualified healthcare professional so they can best assist you in deciding whether a dietary supplement is suitable based on your individual needs. I agree with you 110% on that. Always make sure you check back with your care team. And, you know, Megan, before we kind of sum up vitamin A for everyone, I think getting into the key elements of the ASMDS guidelines is helping people understand why certain vitamins have different recommendations is great. So I, I really appreciate you putting this together for us today. I hope that you're back on in the future covering some of the other critical vitamins and minerals and helping us continue to understand why these recommendations exist the way that they do. But on that note, why don't you sum up vitamin A for us? Okay, let's start at the beginning. Bariatric patients have a high risk of vitamin A deficiency after surgery. Vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin. It influences immune function, vision, reproduction, bone growth, tooth development, function and maintenance of your organs. There are different forms of vitamin A that include retinol and retinoic acid. Those can be found in dairy products, fish and liver, and then beta carotene, which can be found in orange and dark green fruits and veggies. Generally, bariatric recommendations are made referring to retinol sources because they are highly absorbed by the body. And the body actually takes twice the amount of beta carotene in order to meet vitamin A requirements when compared to retinol. So if you're looking for common signs and symptoms of deficiency, those could be acne, fatigue, growth impairment, hyperkeratinosis, night blindness, and immune impairment. So you should be getting blood work done routinely. Those highly malabsorptive procedures like duodenal switch can result in dietary fat malabsorption and vitamin A requires that dietary fat in order to be absorbed. So those patients are at a higher risk. ASMBS recommends 1,500 micrograms a day of retinol for gastric band, 1,500 to 3,000 micrograms a day of retinol for sleeve and bypass patients, and then 3,000 micrograms a day for duodenal switch patients. If you are pregnant or planning to become pregnant post-bariatric surgery, reach out to your bariatric team on supplements that you currently take because high vitamin A can pose a health concern for pregnant women. Like we were just talking about, there are fat-soluble vitamins available in the water-soluble form for those with severe absorption issues. Most individuals don't require this unless your healthcare provider specifically recommends. Deficiency is a serious problem and should be addressed. So some vitamin and mineral deficiencies can cause a domino effect. Waiting and potentially letting a deficiency become more severe can cause lasting damage to the body, which some people don't realize. So before purchasing a fancy supplement, make sure you consult with a qualified healthcare professional to assist you in deciding whether a dietary supplement is suitable based on your individual needs. Well, Megan. 
again, as always, awesome facts for our listeners. Uh, always helping us get to the very heart of it. Thank you. We look forward to having you back real soon. Thank you. I'll definitely be back talking about some more vitamins. I know you guys all want to hear about it. (laughs) 